Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brenslick, and today it's just you and me, just amigo, amigo, made up words there. Um, if you've ever wondered if I am a sentimental human, the answer is no. I'm not. You obviously are not paying attention. Uh, but today's notes, because I'm answering a question, is on the back of my child's spelling test. Um, and she was smelling, smelling, she was spelling drove and phone and smoke and huge uh, Moscow mule. No, just mule. Sorry. Um, and I believe she got them all right. There's no markings on there. Uh, but yeah, apparently... I just used her homework for scratch paper. So if you would like a like all-star mom pro tip here, what I do is I have something called the sub trash. So we've all been there where our kids have brought home something and you're like, I don't know if this is something they're going to want to pretend that I'm going to keep forever or if I can just throw this away. And so what I will do is I will put it in this box in a hidden spot, like in a closet or something. And then if nobody brings it up for a week or two, I throw it away. But it's really embarrassing when I throw something away right away. And then Ty comes home and she's like, mom, did you see the picture of the cat that I drew? And I'm like, yes, I did see it. It was beautiful. And she's like, where is it? And then I have to like dig it out of the garbage and there's spaghetti on it. Ugh. Um, if Kirby's not around, I will absolutely, I am not joking. I will blame him. Like, I'm not, I'm not even telling a joke here. I will legit, if Kirby's not in the house, I'll be like, honey, I'm sorry. Your dad threw it away. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty messed up. But I mean, okay. Can we just be honest here? We're all adults. If your mom all of a sudden showed up one day. Oh, by the way, 25 year olds, this moment in time is coming for you. We'll get there. But like if my mom showed up with a Tupperware and she was like, here you go, honey, I was cleaning out the attic and here's a bunch of your stuff. And then I looked through and it was like spelling tests and stuff. I'd be like, mom, why did you, why did you save this? And now I have to throw it away. Like just be the adult and throw it away for them. But 25 year olds, this probably hasn't happened yet because you don't have a house yet, maybe. But one day, 
late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, even my mom tries trying to pull this shit now. And I'm, uh, well, oh gosh, in the future. Now I'm 36. You guys I'm recording this as I'm 35. Do I sound younger? Now I'm 36. Um, I haven't gotten all the stuff yet, but she's brought me some containers of like all my stuff from high school, you know, boyfriends, sweatshirts, corsages, like things that I go through. And I'm like, why did I think I would care about this at all? Cause I don't, um, but anyways, so I don't think Ty is going to care about spilled milk. That, that's my way of saying I can write on the back of her spelling test. <laughs> um, all right. Other news. Uh, so I just had this afternoon a conversation. I am making a very big commitment and I am going to be getting a partial sleeve tattoo. This is not up for um, opinions or feedback. Thank you very much. Uh, well, actually, so I got a tattoo in February, March, and I really, really like it. And my, my tattooist, uh, we just hit it off. She's pretty badass because she's a tattooist and I am a 35 year old upper middle income suburban woman. Like, come on, let, you know, I am as basic as they come. And so I reached out to her the beginning of August and currently it is the end of September as I'm recording. And so I send like, Hey, you did this tattoo for me earlier this year. And I'm pretty sure I want to do like a half sleeve. Could we do like a zoom consult or anything like that? And I don't hear anything for like two weeks. So then I respond like, Hey, just checking in. She's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I was on vacation. Let's touch base. They all, next week. So anyway, so she keeps kicking the can. And so at one point now, I'm pretty sure I was about four glasses of wine in when I sent this email, but some point beginning of September, like I realize again, I'm watching TV and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she never called me or she still hasn't emailed me back or whatever. Cause we've had all these back and forth. And so I send a joking email. Well, not really joking, uh, but being like, if this is your like way of making sure that a 35 year old basic bitch is not like just jumping on the sleeve bandwagon and she actually wants it, this is working really, really well because with her like not responding, it really solidified that I did want this. Anyways, that wasn't even the point. So I finally get on the phone with her today and do you ever have a conversation with somebody and it's usually when like, I haven't really spent a lot of time with them. And you realize I came across like a crazy person. Um, there's lots of different times. Once was when I was doing my intro call with a functional medicine doc. Oh my God. Like play back that tape. And I sound insane. My nervous energy makes me want to like be super self-deprecating and joking. So in this conversation with the tattooist, um, I am telling her that like, I, I, I want it to be girly, but like, not like really girly and springy, more like death morbid 
girly because I'm a chiropractor and I would totally like bones, but like not like morbid and bones and like gross. And she's like, wait, so do you want bones? I'm like, no, I think that's too scary. But like the essence of bones, you guys, I literally said the essence of bones to her. And so she's like, okay, so, so you want flowers? I'm like, yeah, but like, like death flowers. And she's like, okay, so like dead flowers. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the flowers to be alive, but I want them to more like exhibit fall. Like they're gonna die. <sighs> like, okay, can you imagine what is this tattoo going to show up? Like, I can't believe she was like, mm, ironically, I am booked through all of 2023 and I cannot take you on as a client, but I don't know. I'm, I'm charming. Sometimes people let me in, even though I'm crazy and they know they know they shouldn't. Um, so, all right. Final news. Let's see. We're going in October. This is, is this Q4. I always forget. Is September the beginning of Q4 or is it October? Um, one, two, three. I think it's October. Anyways, uh, are you guys winding down? What are you doing? What like are you like me? Are you already thinking about 2023? Like I'm mentally planning our team annual team meeting and like what we're going to do there, which kind of sucks because like, I'm already like kind of not thinking about the end of this year. So it's hard because as the owner, I feel like you're like, okay, we need to do this and focus on next year and be prepared. So, but then we also don't want to just like forget about this whole quarter. October, we are actually going for our busiest month ever. Um, we looked at what we did in our best month so far. And we were actually $600 short of a six figure month, which some optimate, you want to know how I know I'm a cynical asshole. My first response to Kirby was, oh, that's annoying. And he just laughed because he's like, this is the best month we've ever had in practice. And that is your response. And I'm like, yeah, it's $600 short of something amazing. And then my beautiful optimistic husband is like, this is amazing. And I'm like, no, it's not. So anyway, so now we're going for the six figs. And so what we did is we looked back at our best month. We figured out how many new patients did we had, how many converted. We also figured out like how many converted to right to weekly wellness, how many went to one month, two month, three month, four month care plan. And then we're like, okay, so we know we need to get 50 new patients on the schedule and we've got a whole plan of attack of how we're going to do it uh, through friends and family month. I'm excited. But one of the biggest ways that we get new patients on our schedule now is actually just through our website. Now that we've incorporated SCED in and it allows patients to just book their day one all by themselves. And it has saved so much time with that new patient phone call. And I know I'm like you, I had a lot of control issues around the new patient phone call, but we just created a video and we have this beautiful landing page where people still watch and see and can experience our brand. And it just saves us time on the phone. So, so far, all of our new patients that we've gotten through SCED's automatic, like new patient online scheduling have been awesome and on brand. So that was the, our number one thing that we were worried about is all of a sudden, are we going to get Joe low back pain because he can self-schedule? And nope, nope, our brand is working for us. So I absolutely love it. If you have any questions or concerns, don't hesitate to like ask me because I feel like I'm the poster child for resisting change. 
Um, so don't worry. Okay, so today's highlight, we have a listener highlight and question all in one. Um, I'm going to change the name. I'm, I'm sad about changing the name because the name is really similar to a Will Ferrell like SNL skit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could make so many. Was it an SNL skit? I don't know. It's a Will Ferrell thing. And I could make so many fun jokes this whole podcast episode. But she didn't ask me to change a name, but I just feel like you'll hear. You'll hear for the question. Like, it just feels like maybe I should. So we'll read it and then we'll pray. And then we're going to answer. We're going to call her Mary, Mary's question. So Mary writes in and says, here's the listener highlight part. I am loving your podcast. I had two people recommend it and I was hooked from the first episode. Now, side note, hold on. I'm wondering if she means the first episode she listened to or like episode number one. The reason I asked this is because when she sent this question in early September, you actually can't listen to episode number one unless you are a $3.99 supporter of the podcast. So I'm wondering she might be. Anyways, she goes, she goes on to say, I love that you are an Enneagram three as well. Go threes. We are, we are the best, but like also the most annoying. This is me, not Mary. Like, I don't know. I was at a leadership conference and they were doing these colors. And I asked the lady because I saw I'm orange and I was just reading about oranges and I'm like, oh my gosh, so annoying. Um, and I asked him, like, does everybody think their personality is annoying? And she was like, no, do you? And I was like, well, no, I'm asking for a friend. Um, so anyways, threes, we are fantastic, but it is difficult to be friends with the three. We just are. So she goes on to say, here's my question. I have a clinic that sees about 1500 visits per month, which, so that's a, that's a rockin' clinic. That's like 250, mm, you know, um, I have two associates and myself, but I am part-time patient hours. We are pretty straight chiropractic and our dollar visit average is $41. Therefore, we need to see a higher volume of patient visits to be profitable. I want to give back to the community, take good care of my doctors and staff, and stay affordable for patients. My associates have gotten comfortable with about 100 visits a week, and they really need to be at 200 per week. How do I convey this and encourage them that this can be done and it can be done well, but build them up to it and not have them feel overwhelmed? Okay. Awesome question, Mary. We are going to pray. And then I've got so many thoughts on this. Dear God, anytime we are talking about numbers, you know more our hearts so much that we just go to comparison and shame and all these, especially us threes. Oh my gosh, you built us just a little weird. Um, today, as we are talking about associates and their drives and we're making generalizations, let us just hold kindness and love as a number one priority. Let us always be reminded that as we are seeking to adjust more, that it, the chiropractor's heart is one of the most service-oriented heart of any profession. And so we deeply know that Mary, as she is, is writing in her underlying concern is, how do I provide more for my community? How do I provide more for my employees? 
Um, and so let us just remember to speak so much kindness and encouragement and support into her. Please help me be the conduit to give the best advice I can. I mean, I don't know. Just can you bless me in this moment, please, so I can do a good job for Mary's sake. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, like I said, change the name, Mary, even though she's got a really fun name. So, this is a very Enneagram 3 thing. Um, to just be more. Just more. More, 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 more. And, like, these people are not as motivated and driven as me. That's probably more of a 3 thing. I don't know if threes are super cynical, but I am always assuming I am the hardest working person on a team. Like I just, it, and I'm not, that's the thing is like, I'm not always the hardest per working person, but I always assume, well, we already discussed in this episode that I'm not an optimist. I'm a pessimist. And so that means that like sometimes when I'm looking at other people, especially on my team, including my husband that I assume certain things. I assume they're comfortable. I assume they're not as driven. And so you might be right. Let's just say that your associates are lazy mooching mofos that don't want to lift a finger and just want to collect a paycheck and not work. You didn't say any of that. We're just going to the worst because, you know. Um, okay, well, then we would approach that a certain way. But we're going to go into this going like understanding that generally your associates chose an associateship for stability. And what is stability other than comfortable? Stability is not having to stress a lot right? Like not worrying about your paycheck and how it's fluctuating, not worrying about where are the new patients coming from. And I believe that associates know that there's a little bit that comes along with any time you're working for a small business. But first and foremost, reminder that you chose to be an entrepreneur. They chose a job and it's a great job. Being a chiropractor is a great job, but they chose this for a reason. So we need to understand your employees a little more. And also you got two associates. Can I, I would applaud you right now, but Kirby would be mad because I would like blow out the mic and mess up the sound. Um, there are so many chiropractors right now that are desperate for even one. So yay, you got two, you're keeping them. This is good. And seemingly they're happy. You're right. Like sometimes I feel like as an entrepreneur, we're like, okay, well, my employees are happy, but I'm not. Um, or we're like, I'm happy. Oops. I yelled at all of my employees and made their lives miserable. And now they're quitting. Now I'm not happy anymore. So you've got two associates. They're there. They're happy. So we need to understand what do they want more of? Okay. Now, I don't know. I don't have a background here. I'm going to assume for the rest of this question uh, that they are at a higher salary, lower commission. Now, the reason I'm going to assume that is because that is the more typical associate 
situation now. Um, I've been advertising for associate, uh, associate jobs for the last couple months. And most of the time I'm seeing salaries coming in between 50 and 65. And then there's bonuses, but it's not, I've only had one that was like in the low forties and then like plus commission that I think used, I think I'm not, I'm old guys, but I'm not that old. Um, I think that used to be much more standard in like the nineties and early two thousands. So we're going to assume that these associates are paid a pretty straight salary and there's like incentives when they, when the clinic does well, hopefully I'm not way too far off. So we need to figure out, okay, what do they want more of time or money? So assuming that you've already covered the obvious that you have a system in place where if they adjust more, if the clinic or even if it's the clinic sees more people, hits a record, hits a goal, they get a bonus. Um, that's not standard, but like that is kind of just an easier way of like if they want more money, if you think like I know their personalities, I think they're pretty money driven or one of them is, I, this is just an obvious situation of go like, okay, when we see X number of visits per month, you will get X bonus. Um, people can work hard for money. Now, a lot of times what I've seen, and I also don't know how long these associates have been here. Um, now, a lot of times, if you're paying them well enough, um, an extra $100, an extra $500 a month may not be enough for them to get uncomfortable. Again, I don't use the phrase comfortable in a negative way. They chose, I use comfortable with like stable. This is the job. This is what I signed up for. So then I would figure out like, okay, do they want more time off? Especially if you have, let's say you have one that's about to be getting married. Maybe, you know, like the idea of more vacation time. You know, if they have a little, only a little bit of vacation time, you know, saying like expanding that. If maybe you have one that might be having a child and talking about maternity leave, if they're going to be having a child and they're adjusting 35 hours a week, maybe they want to be able to go down to adjusting 25 hours a week. Can you, so you can see where like, I have found that everybody says they want more money, but actually what gets them to move tends to be recently more time. I feel like time is becoming more of the number one currency than money is. Hey, she slayers. When I first started practice, I thought I needed to dress a certain way for patients to trust me. And I spent hours trying to design communication and marketing materials that worked. After 12 years of practice, here's a couple things I've learned. One, I don't have to wear dress pants and button ups for a patient to take me seriously. And two, why recreate the wheel when a design professional has already done all the work for me? Well-Aligned offers solutions in both of these categories. They have the coolest and most comfy chiropractic shirts that will showcase your personality, as well as beautifully designed communication and marketing tools to help drive new patients, get more referrals, and gain better retention in your practice. From the best chiropractic apparel to modern patient education materials, Well-Aligned has you covered. All She Slayers get 10% off plus free shipping on orders of $75 or more with promo code 
she slays. Visit www.wellaligned.com to save. Hey, She Slayers, so many of you connect with my story as a chiropractor because I started all wrong. Years into practice, I had to completely turn it around from being an insurance and pain-based model to a thriving subluxation-based cash practice. I have a lot of ways that that happened, but I am not exaggerating when I say the number one thing I changed was adding CLA's Insight scanning technology. The Insight helped grow our practice from 300 people a week to over 500 a week in the course of one year, purely by showing objective findings and providing reports to patients. So many docs I talk to struggle to communicate the why behind a care plan when the patient's pain goes away in a few visits. They struggle to keep patients after insurance stops paying. They don't know how to explain why a kid benefits from chiropractic care, even though they have no symptoms. They don't do progress exams because what am I going to do to show the patient progress? I am telling you every single thing I just said, my answer to the doc is, are you using insight scanning technology in your clinic yet? Because it's the solution to all of those issues. If you have questions, the staff at CLA is absolutely incredible and will help answer those questions and help implement this big change into your practice. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. So, so let's say, let's say you've got an associate that's making 50000 and $2,000 a year in this scenario, let's say they're okay. No, let's say it higher. Cause you guys are all going to come at me. Let's say, okay, let's say they've been there two years and they're making 60,000 and they're getting like $3,000 a year in bonuses. Now I would be very interested to know how you hired them and what kind of communication you had for them about your expectations what I've seen, where I've seen myself falter in previous hires, and I'm going to get better in future, and where I've seen other doctors fault is we're really nice because we really need the associate, especially if it's an, a, good, a good associate. Oh man, do we paint the world for them of like, I'm going to serve you iced tea every Thursday at two o'clock just because you've had a rough, like, um, so, and you may not have done that, but like, look back. And if you hired them with a straight salary, were you honest with them of the expectation that they would be adjusting X number of people by this time and then X number of people by a later date? So let's see how that would look. So for those of you that are hiring, this is something that I think is a good, if they don't ask the question, I think is a good a good thing for you to bring up. And it's hard because you're scared that you're going to spook them, but this is hard, easy versus easy, hard. So let's say that I'm hiring someone and they're straight out of school and I'm going to, um, hire them at 50,000. I'm going to give a $5,000 signing bonus. And if they're fully trained in by nine months, they will bump up to 57,000 and they will have, um, up to, $8,000 a year in bonus opportunity. Okay. So we're just running scenarios. here. So when I'm interviewing said student, I would lay that out. 
But one of the things that gets glazed over is a lot of times we just talk about the money of like, and then, you know, you'll get this much if you do this and if we're doing that. But I need to say like, okay, so my expectation would be, you know, so we're seeing this many visits a week. And when I hire you, I need to step back. My expectation is that you're comfortable with 150 people adjusting 100 people a week by month three, 150 people a week by month six, 200 people a week by month nine, and 250 people a week by your first year in. Do you have any questions about that? And you're really just laying out this expectation that you're going to allow them to gradually grow and get used to it, but you're the CEO. You have this vision in your head. And a lot of times we think that they also have this vision that like, well, yeah, we're seeing 400 a week now, but like I'm hiring someone. <laughs> so, okay. So hold on. This is a really important part. So I want to start from the beginning. We think that because we're bringing on an associate and we're at a certain number that they automatically know that we're expecting to grow with the addition of them. And we also expect them to kind of understand that we need to grow in order to justify their existence. This is really harsh if you're an associate or a student, but very, very few hiring docs out there like I said, I've talked, I've met one are literally going, I am so underwater. I don't need to see more people. I just need to pay someone to help adjust the people I currently have. Um, most of the time they're underwater. They're like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. I need someone. But the expectation is, is when we go from two to three doctors, three to four doctors that we're going to grow. This is just, again, it's why that like Enneagram three thing, like lots of Enneagrams love to grow, but like the three is always forward more and growth mindset. So uh, where was I in this? Okay. So we're, maybe they want more money. Then it's like, okay, set up a bonus structure for them. Create something that tethers, you adjust more, you get more money. Easy. If that is already in place, then look at what they're doing and figure out how to give them a shift off. Not right now. You got to paint the future around them. You might have an associate that is super jazzed about building your brand. And that is motivation enough. Honestly, from your question, it doesn't seem like you do. Don't worry. I like it's very, very rare. <laughs> like that's not a shameful thing. Again, Associates come in because they want a job and they want to be a part of something that has a big picture, but your big picture doesn't tend to motivate them to work outside their comfort zone. So if you can sit down and go like, okay, so currently you're adjusting eight shifts a week and you're making 55,000, you know, like I would love to see us over the next year get to a place where we're adjusting 2000 patients a month, that would allow me to hire a third doctor, a third associate 
And then my plan would be when we hire that third associate, I would be able to give you, you know, keep you at the same salary, but give you an additional shift off. Do you see how like I got her tethered to my goal by giving her something she really wants? But a lot of times they don't realize that like, okay, in order for me to give you time off, we actually have to see more. They worry that if we're seeing more, that locks them in even more. And then there's no, not as much vacation, not as much stuff like this. And it's like, no, 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 no. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to see more people. I'm going to hire more. And then you get more time off. So if, if that's something that you think would help them, that's great. Now, I don't know where to fit this in. Um, it's probably more of an end of the thing. Okay, we're just going to say it now. I want you to do before you like start having some of these conversations where you're trying to like figure out what motivates them and how to get them on board. I want you to understand Enneagram three, my little baby, that there are people out there that are not bad. (laughs) They're not bad at all who are comfortable without growth. I know. I know. It's very hard to imagine, but there are absolutely people who like their job a lot and like their paycheck and are living within their means and are not looking for more work or more money. And that's where it's helpful of like, if you can, most of the time they will take more freedom, but like, Can you be okay with the salary they're collecting that you hired them at and the amount that they're adjusting? And if you're not, you need to tread carefully because you can't force someone to adjust more people. Like if you didn't set up their income this way, like You don't have to, you're not shackled to them, but like you need to be prepared that that could be a conversation that's going to happen, need to happen of like, I hired you with an expectation I didn't communicate. This is what needs to happen over the next year in order for you to be hitting those, those goals I have for you. And I'm sorry I didn't communicate those goals ahead of time, but these are the goals that the clinic needs you to hit. So. You, you kind of nailed it. In order to make more money, you either need to charge more or you need to see more people. So you want to see more people. Now, anytime that someone is going like, oh, they should be seeing more, we can't just assume that it's a lack of motivation. You need to look at your systems and see, have you created the environment for these associates to do high volume. Um, And it may not even be high volume, but higher volume than they are seeing. Hi friends, I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to make sure you all know about the cool stuff we have happening over on Patreon. This is a platform where I can offer you extra content, behind the scenes interviews, quick trainings, and exclusive trainings answering your exact question live, back to back with me. 
It's a way for me to more directly interact with you and post some fun things that would never be in the normal weekly episodes. To check out what we're doing and to sign up, click the link in the show notes. You need to look at your rooming. Are they doing notes? Are they expected to, you know, are they expected to have their notes done by the end of the day, day one, day twos? Are your patients pre-scheduled? Are they doing marketing during an adjusting shift? Like, look at all of these things and, go, you know, how is your room set up? Like, how much time are they spending with an average patient? Well, is that, be, it, like, how can you get that number less, right? Like, all right, well, are the patients sitting when they come in? Are they expected to go out to the waiting room and grab the patient and walk them back to the room? Like, what can you do? What can you delegate outside of your associates' responsibilities so they can see more without it just costing more energy? What can you take energetically off of them so they have more energy to adjust? Right now, if you feel like your associates are pretty exhausted at adjusting 100 a week, I would say, what else are they doing? Because something's going on. Unless you, I mean, I also don't know your technique. Like, are you half hour pay appointments? Okay, so then how can you, you know, you just kind of need to do some math of they need to have some wiggle room in their life. So oh, we're going to do on the air math, people. Okay, I think this should be easy. So if they're adjusting 30 hours a week and you do 30 minute appointments and they're adjusting a hundred people, does that end up being 300? I don't think it does. Hmm. Okay. You know where I'm going though. No, it totally doesn't because there's not a hundred minutes in an hour. Damn it. Well, you know where I'm going with this, right? Do the math of how much time is an ideal patient appointment time. And then how many hours are they spending adjusting? And where is that equation? I would say that it is unreasonable to book up more than, oh man, 80, 85% of their hours. So you can't say like, what? I have every minute. If you, you know, if it takes you 10 minutes and a hundred people that more time, uh, you get it. Okay. You can't a hundred percent book them up. They need to be able to breathe. They need to be able to go to the bathroom. They need to be able to grab a cup of coffee. And so like, I think going like, okay, you have takes this long. You're seeing this many people. You are only 40% booked. Look at that other 60% and what is on there are, if you're having them do marketing, this may seem an opposite thing, but try it for one month. You don't need to commit to it. Try taking marketing off their plate. Give it to an associate. Say like, look, I really want you, and you're going to phrase this all about caring for them, right? So like, this is kind of what we do when we make changes at our clinic where it's all about, we're making this change for you. So you're going to phrase this to them like, I want you to have the mental capacity to adjust more people. And I understand that patients are not just physically exhausting, but mentally exhausting. Now, physically, a hundred people a week, do you feel like you're physically exhausted or more mentally exhausted? More than likely, they're going to say mentally. Unless I don't know what kind of like physical job or adjustment you're doing if they're physically. So anyways, so let's say they say mentally, which is more than likely and go like, okay, so I'd like to try an experiment. 
I would like to try removing X, some responsibility that you have them doing for one month. Um, and I'm going to delegate it to the front desk for that month. And I want to see if that actually changes you having more mental capacity for adjusting. Like if seeing 120, 150 people a week is easier when you're not playing both roles. Um, the other way you could do this, if you're like, Lauren, there's no, no, that won't work. Like, that's okay. Like I consult with people all the time and they're like, nope, that won't work with our clinic. All right, try this. Let's say they're doing eight adjusting shifts and they're also doing some marketing or like notes. Notes are a big thing. Can you give them one admin shift? Say like, okay, I want to try an experiment. This is not set in stone, but I would like to reduce your adjusting hours to seven and a half shifts. And I want one shift for you to do all your marketing in there. And the seven and a half, I don't want you multitasking. I only want you focusing on care plans, scans, soap notes like this, all marketing being done in this one shift. And I want to see if that actually is less of a mental drain. Okay. So like you can just play around with things, but really ask them, what can I do? How can the staff support you to take ener something energetically draining off? So we can replace it with um, energetically draining patients. <laughs> so I have one more suggestion. This is my favorite. I saved the best to lend. So if you, it sounds like you are due for a patient appreciation day. So I was just doing a consult call this week. I'm not doing consult calls anymore. I'm closed right now. So like, mm. um, but I was talking to her about the patient appreciation day. So first you need to make sure it's legal in your state. Like I'm pretty sure you cannot give away care to Medicare or Medicaid patients. So these are just like your other patients. So a patient appreciation day could just be a, sh a shift even. Like if you're just open on a Friday morning, it could just be a half shift. But this is a day where you as the owner, okay, as a CEO are going to push your staff to schedule as many people as possible and they're getting a free adjustment. Or you could do a huge discount. I will tell you free is better. Oh, it's so much better. Um, so I have done a patient appreciation day for nine out of the 12 years. I Maybe 10 out of the 12 years. We've done it lots of different variations. Some years we've only done it for kids. Some years I don't, we haven't taken new patients. Some years we have. Um, Sorry, I just smacked something. Uh, so there's lots of different ways you can do it, but basically it, the whole point, and here's the thing, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing legal. Um, what you're giving the patients, the goal is to burst open the mindset, not of the patient, but of your employees. So we will typically double book a five minute appointment in our clinic. If they, we have one doc adjusting, if I had one doc adjusting on a patient appreciation day, I would triple to quadruple book it. Like that would be the goal. If I could get as, enough people to schedule, that's what I would do because you want, and this is why you can see like maybe just a two or three hour shift, but like it needs to be out of your mind Crazy. There's a couple really great things that come from this. So first of all, 
you know, you have food, you've got some drinks, you've got some giveaways. So your patients are like feeling the love, they're feeling the party, they're appreciating their free adjustment. Um, also, if you're wondering like, well, how would this work for like my weekly people? We tell them like, this is a free boost adjustment. If you do, like if we're throwing it on a Friday, if they don't come in that week, Monday through Thursday for their normal weekly adjustment, and they come in Friday, Friday ain't free. <laughs> or like you need to get in two next week. So like, no, because believe me, they will go, oh, I'll just come in that day for my adjustment instead. No, no, no. This is meant to be an additional one. Um, and, you know, we'll usually put it around like the holidays or our like back to school. And we go like we do this during a time where your body's under increased stress and we know you need a boost anyway. So that's why it's our gift to you. It's our Christmas gift to you a boost adjustment for that immune system, for stress, all of that. So it's going to show you where your systems are weak. Okay. So like if the last one where I said, like, are your systems set up to support them? If you're like, I don't know the answer to that, Lauren, do a patient appreciation day and jam pack that mofo because you will see very fast. We are understaffed. We don't have enough CAs. We need somebody. We should pre-print all of this. We should room this. We should do that. We should remove those doors. Like, uh, that's a really great reason. If you have closed rooms and you're looking to increase your time, I'm just throwing this out there. Don't get mad. Don't get mad, okay? Consider taking your doors off the hinges. I did this forever ago with uh, my second patient appreciation day. Because I needed to, I think it was Lona Cook who recommended it. I don't know. Some, it was a long time ago, guys. Really smart Cairo said, take them off. If you hate it, put the doors back on. But you have this excuse when your patients come and they're like, why are the doors off the hinges? Oh, we're preparing for patient appreciation day tomorrow or this week. And then you'll find that patient appreciation day goes real fast. And then you kind of like linger to put them back on. Maybe you don't. Maybe you could just go like, actually, we really loved the openness and flow that no doors created. Another thing that you can do if you're a pediatric practice is you can be like, honestly, we found that kids were a lot more comfortable without this like closed room setting. The closed door really simulated getting a vaccine shot. So kids are a lot more at ease. And so we like that. So we're going to keep the doors off. People won't really care. I'm just telling you, they won't care. Um, and so get the doors off, see how fast you can run. But like when you jam pack the schedule, you are going to see all of these like, oh, there's our bottleneck. There is our bottleneck. It will be so obvious to you when you are seeing six times the number of people in a shift than you should. Okay, maybe not six times, but like, well, okay. So it could be six because if there's three of you, but the three of you are never working a single shift, that's what I would say. All three of you, like just and triple the number of people coming in and out, in and out and see where you're where you're stuck. Uh, and then here's the big open mindset thing. So let's say so, you know, you see like 250 people a week ish. Um, let's say you see 200 people on patient appreciation day. I am willing to bet that it's not going to be nearly as insane as you think. Like I've done a lot of these and I have looked at a lot of schedules and been like, oh my God, like the day before the morning of and been like, we're going to die. We're literally going to die. We're going to run 30 minutes behind. People are going to throw rotten tomatoes at us and 
I would say almost every single patient appreciation day, we underscheduled because people just move in and out really, really fast. Now, that's not a normal day. Nobody's asking for us to look at their elbows. It's a free day. But so then what happens is you see these 200 people, you were terrified of it. And then it goes and you're like, wow, that was really easy. I really liked having the doors off or I hated having the doors off. Let's put those bitches back on or like, and then you go, well, I have no desire to see 200 people every day that our space is not big enough for that. It was too chaotic. Our, our parking lot, like people had parking issues, but a hundred, I could see how we could easily see a hundred people a day. And that little seed of a thought is what patient appreciation day is worth. That ability to expand the mindset. Now, if you don't want to do this, you can get a similar effect by finding an extremely high volume clinic, a clinic that is just not just seeing twice as much as you like we're, yeah, we're talking 250 people a day, like jam packed clinic, fly there, drive there, take a team outing, go shadow, watch it be done. It will get a similar effect, similar, but Hey, why not do both? Um, the problem is that they're not seeing themselves do it. And there is something magical that happens. You guys, we're watching Star Wars, okay? And Yoda, I'm watching, we watched episode five last night. And Yoda is training Luke. Yeah, okay. I think it's five. Yeah, it's five. And like Luke says, like Yoda does something really impressive with the force while he's training him. And Luke says, I can't believe you did. You can do that. And Yoda says something like the fact that you can't believe is why you can't do it. So seeing it being done is helpful. I never thought I would be the type of person to reference a Star Wars episode, but damn, stitch that on a pillow. Um, now that's a colloquialism we could start. That makes a lot more sense than the can is in the garage that I tried starting on the episode with Kirby. Um, stitch that shit on a pillow. It's not really a colloquialism. It's just like a saying. Hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll keep working it. Uh, so seeing it being done by another chiropractor, another clinic. Yes. Helpful. But them physically being the ones doing it in their space and going, Ooh, that was exhausting. I don't want to do that. But half of that would be easy. So we're just throwing that out there. I like it. Um, and then your third option to like really force them into adjusting more is take a vacation, but force your clinic not to schedule differently. Now, okay, granted, if you're, uh, see, you're the only one adjusting on Monday and you're not going to be there Monday, uh, you should have a doc there to adjust. So like they got to adjust <laughs> schedule slightly differently, but let your staff know that the goal is that you see the same number of people while you're not there. You do not want the numbers to decrease and ask the staff to push it a little more. And so take a two week vacation. One week is not enough. I'm sorry. I'm just telling you right now. It's not enough. It needs to be a minimum of a week and a half. Um, my preference would be two weeks. So you can go through these scenarios and go, which one is the most practical for me? But these are just, these are, these are mindset things. 
And there's a reason that there are books and seminars and trainings is we all get blocked in mindset. And unfortunately, your boss saying you can do more than you are just isn't typically isn't enough to really break through that barrier for them. They need to really believe that one, it's worth it. So you're finding like, okay, if we do this, then this can happen for you and finding that thing that excites them. And then two, like show them it's possible. So Mary, I hope that you loved this. Thank you for writing in every time that I go back to answering a one-on-one question. It is, it's so fun. Um, This is the whole reason that I started the podcast. If you guys don't know this, it's because I used to coach with a big national company. um, And like once a week I would get on a Zoom call and like talk to stocks through things through questions and solutions and problems. And when I left, that was what I missed. I missed like, what are your problems? How can I help you? Because I've got so many ideas that I have so many ideas to spare. So I hope you are having a great week. Thank you for spending this time with me. If you haven't Google, uh, if you haven't left a Apple review or Google review, I don't think we can leave Google reviews. Google podcasts, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think anybody listens on there. Um, if you haven't left an Apple podcast review, I would love if you did that actually write words, not just hit the five stars. Um, and then you can be next week's listener highlight and we're entering Q4, right? That's what we decided. October is Q4. I hope you kill it. I hope you just smash it and kill it, but also spend really good time with your family because it's the holidays (laughs) until next week. She says, bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.